Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Jimmy of House Nuts. Welcome back to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today, we are once again getting into your Ravens. It was the episode so nice, we had to do it twice. All right, Jimmy, let's dive into some of these Ravens. Let's uh, go back. So this is an old one here. But again, I, I go back and I try to pull some out because sometimes people, sometimes one, they just slip past us here. So this one, I think, was actually recorded. I think this was like a year ago. Uh, but I have it here, and I think it's pretty fun because he says, um, and you must have been on, Jimmy. This is before Jimmy was, hey. became, you know, he moved up from AAA to, to, to the show here, right? <laughs> <clears throat> so this one is simply from Will. He's saying, hey, guys, I'm sitting down at the office and listening to your July 1st podcast, which it's not even July 1st yet in 2023. So this must be from last year. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. With Sir Jimmy, I begin to think about how I would like to see the new show go. So we're talking about snow here. Remember um, saying, however, I have to agree with Jimmy and say that if the show is called Snow, it will probably be a mini series. But on the record, I hope it is a full sequel to the original Game of Thrones series. So here's what I think would be an awesome plot for the snow sequel. Fast forward a couple years, perhaps three to five. John is living his best life north of the wall. Val by his side with a couple Targaryen Stark wildling children running about. Arya comes to visit Jon in the north with her fleet of ships. They embrace and are happy to see each other. They spend the evening laughing, eating, drinking, and catching up on lost times. Then Arya gets serious and confesses her true the true purpose of her visit. The realm is in dire trouble, and they need Jon Snow to come help. Fagon, the Mummer's Dragon, Young Griff, you know the guy. He has his army of sellswords and is invading Westeros. Young Griff has landed in Dorne and has made common cause with the Dornish to take the Iron Throne and get rid of the Starks. Remember, because this is we're talking about the show here, showverse here. Arya sails John down to Storm's End to meet with his old friend Gendry Baratheon. Gendry and John then begin to devise a plan to push back this Targaryen pretender and bring peace back to the realm. I am hoping uh, I am hoping John ventures south of the wall in the new show. The North is cold and bleak. A another thought would be to have the false Aegon come to Westeros with a resurrected vengeful Danny by his side. Um, you know, uh, and so we can kind of talk about that because then he kind of goes into like a totally different uh, direction here. It's really kind of almost like two uh, Ravens here. But so just uh, thoughts on that as the potential for the snow series. So, I mean, I don't. I don't hate it. I will say I think for it to be a sequel to the Game of Thrones uh, show that it would need to have another piece of the plot that is an existential threat, not just like the Starks are in trouble. Like they may lose the throne because 
if it is anything like Game of Thrones, we should be kind of cheering for both sides or really cheering against both sides at some point. Uh, I think there has to be even a bigger um, threat. And could you do something with the White Walkers again? Maybe. I don't know how you could top the Long Night, though. Like I, I really feel like revisiting the White Walkers will only be disappointing at this point. Like you, you built them up for eight season. You had one shot. It is what it is. Um, you know, it either landed with you or it didn't. And to bring them back. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe the big bad, the way this could work is if there is something wrong with Bran. Bran is losing himself to the three eyed crow. He's starting to make decisions that go against. And then John is there defending uh, you know, the realm uh, against these people who want to usurp the throne. But then he is conflicted with the fact that the person on the throne is no longer looking out for the best interests of humanity. Maybe you do something along those lines. Um, I'm, I'm still a firm believer that it's not a sequel uh, as far as like a, a full season nine. I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that it's going to be a, a mini series, very intimate I think Kit Harrington wants to do more with the Jon Snow character to put it to a better end. Uh, that, that's how I feel. And as far as a resurrected uh, zombie yeah. Danny, my God, that'd be wild, wouldn't it? <laughs> hey, you never know. So, you know, it's really interesting actually reading this, you know, from a year ago, right? Because so much has happened at Warner Brothers and since we <laughs> since where we since we since this was initially sort of announced teased whatever a year ago in all honesty a year, uh, in July of last year when the snow thing was teased we were waiting on House of the Dragon which had all the weight on its on its shoulders and it had to come deliver i mean how yeah. think about like think about a year ago where we were Warner Brothers Discovery was merging and things were looking pretty bleak HBO Max on that point we were think was going to get axed and now it has become max and it's totally stupid um i mean it's still everything's there but it's you know now you have like dr pimple popper next to everything um <laughs> but right you know i mean it was going up against rings of power and Andor and she i mean there was a lot of big shows that were coming up against it and then house of the dragon came out and knocked it out of the king park yeah, it really Matt did. Matt Smith, Patty Constantine, Emma Darcy, Olivia Cook. I mean, they knocked that thing out of the absolute park. It was a total home run. So now with the writer strike, that's going to sort of hinder television and movies for the next who knows how long. Could be My long guess is that HBO and Warner Brothers is going to be pushing for this thing to actually be the sequel. To game of thrones because by the time this thing actually comes out even if they started filming today which you know obviously not even going to because it's not even that greenlit yet so by the time this thing comes out we may have already seen we will definitely have seen house of the dragon season two we yeah. could see a Dunkin' egg season one right then you think about all the other things that are going on at that comp on at, at that company, and they've got a lot of misses. Like the Flash just came out, and it kind of is not doing great in the box office, and it was supposed to be this huge big thing. And yeah, they're missing on a lot of cylinders, <laughs> like across yeah. the board, missing on a lot of cylinders. And television and everything is going to be missing on a lot of cylinders in general. I think if you also look at a lot of the cast that was in Game of Thrones, not a lot of them are really doing a whole lot. 
a lot because the they got paid. <laughs> well, yes, they yes they did get paid, but it's and it's not a disservice to their 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 performance in Game of Thrones because everybody was great, but not a lot of people have really gone on to do a lot of big, huge, great things. And some of the ones that have um, have said, "Hey, I'm a hundred percent willing." to come back like if you really i mean obviously amelia clark probably walked out of that as the biggest star of game of thrones because she's yeah. in star wars and she's in a marvel thing and i mean she's, she's done well she, right but she's said she's willing to come back you know, you know who's I the mean, biggest she, star actually you know who the biggest star is is uh god brianna tars actress what's her name um gwendolyn christie gwendolyn christie uh, yes I, I i'll do you one better he was only in one season drogo jason momoa Jason oh, Momoa yeah, did yeah, everything. Yeah. Dude is working. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That is probably accurate. Jason Momoa is probably the which the is wild to think about. <laughs> right. Well, he's not coming back, so we know. We know. We know. We know he's not coming back to it. But so I don't know, man. I just think I think Warner Brothers is going to say, "Nah, we want this to be a big deal. We want. We need. They might need it to be a big deal. Is the is the thing." My I problem. mean, seriously, I mean, have you seen any of the people in anything else? I mean, I've seen them do a couple of things, but this isn't uncommon because uh, right. the Sopranos is a really good and the wire actually as well. Like you see a couple of them in some things, some of them are HBO like staples, uh, but a lot of them don't like Gandolfini never really did much else. Like he kind of was just Tony Soprano, you know, so it's not shocking. I mean, are, if you're asking if they're available sure i'm sure not for the right money but also uh, here's a question that's Can the they thing it might be to bring all these people back <laughs> oh I think, gonna be yeah, money. I, think, I think so i i think i think so i just don't something doesn't sit right with me that george would be writing this before he's ended his books like that would bother me a little bit and i've been more forgiving the, of george than anybody like i am super on like take your time if you never finish them it's okay uh which is a weird thing to say as a super fan but uh, it would feel weird to me if he worked on the sequels before finishing his series. And then it would also be awful if he wasn't the one writing it. Like, I don't want someone else writing it or you don't get Herring Harrington writing it. Hell no. I don't want Kit Harrington writing it. What has he ever written? Well, didn't he wrote whatever that one thing was? Is it gunpowder or something? Have you watched gunpowder? No, I've not. Exactly. I'm not saying Kid Harrington might not be a talented writer. I mean, Kit Har- there. I mean, there's. I mean, there's a person who I kind of thought Kit Harrington would become this like mega star, and he is supposed to be in. Well, he didn't Marvel want at some point. point. He he kind of right. went away. He went the rehab. I I don't think he enjoyed that level of spotlight. Yeah, which is why I think, his, I think back. Well, I think his Marvel role is. I don't know. They're kind of figuring that out yeah i wouldn't say that that's a for sure thing anymore yeah so okay all right let's um dive in so he goes into like a completely other uh question here on 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 the raven here so uh, again this is uh, one from will so he says on another note i would love to hear if you guys have a a song of ice and fire comparative religion discussion on the podcast i've been thinking about all the different facets of religion in the song of ice and fire world and i've made a couple of observations we only really see a couple of the religions show actual power and the seven's not one of them 
as far as the books go, the old gods show some power through the Weirwood Network. And there's also the argument that the Three-Eyed Crow is the old god slash gods. R'hllor and, and the Red Priests and Priestess all talk about the Great Other, which could be referring to the old gods. We know that R'hllor has power, and we've seen it witnessed with Beric. And Darian, Lady Stoneheart, you know, um, Quaith definitely seems to have some sort of magic. Victorian Greyjoy has his red priests who definitely have magical power. So my question is this, which religion is the religion? Assuming that one exists and the rest are misinterpretations of the other. My thought is that R'hllor is the higher power of different societies in the Song of Ice and Fire. They all that basically all have their name for this power. Reason being, R'hllor seems to be the only deity trying to assist with any of the issues going on in the story. All of the other servants of R'hllor have the same mission and seem to be going in the same direction. Whether they all interpret their visions, prophecies correctly or not, they all seem to have the greater good in mind. The old gods seem to be more linked to nature um, and animal, uh, animalism that we are all just assuming that the old gods are what gives the three-eyed crow his, his slash her power. Maybe it is truly R'hllor giving the powers to the three-eyed crow, just a living being of which the red god can channel through. I believe that the great other is just death. However you want to define uh, define death, but is you know, it is what fights against R'hllor. Everything that R'hllor preaches about is light versus darkness. Well, death can definitely be described as darkness and light can be described as being alive. I know there's a lot of other minor beliefs in the Song of Ice and Fire, but for this Raven, I'm just focusing on the major ones. Would love to hear your guys' thoughts on the different religions in the book. Yeah, I mean, we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. And so you guys, you know, in, in one of the prior Ravens that we've done in the last episode or two is like the fact that I think that there's kind of one force and we just give it different names but you're right lore is the active religion that's actively trying to uh you know do something about the problem that we're facing in the series that most people don't even know that's going on like the citizens of westeros are just happily ignorant to this um the other religions are very much like daily drivers <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i stub my toe oh i hope to pray to the seven it gets better right seven give me strength Whereas R'hllor is actively working with a uh, pretty much an apocalyptic prophecy. And that gives them purpose and a reason to be driven. And not all red priestess or priest are pursuing the things that Melisandre is, is working with. So you might be able to even call her like an extreme case of R'hllor. The one thing that I, I don't think was mentioned there, and we're talking about ones that have like really shown up in the show and shown off their powers. Well, what about who I think is the stranger, but you know, the house of black and white, the faceless men. I mean, ah, this, I, I think that it's pretty evident that that power is in the world and working my, yeah. uh, changing faces, uh, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and also relates to death, uh, which could be the opposite of her lore, which is the light. So that, that, that that's an interesting distinction. I think the religion in a song of ice and fire, I think a lot of it's going to end up being more symbolic uh, than R'hllor like manifesting himself or, or whatever it else it might be. But it is something that's really fun to jump into. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I think that I kind of think George is writing this in a way, you know, I think you have to go back to the way to go back to like when George, George is a big sci-fi guy. Yes, right. So I think he he's sort of, I would imagine that, to me, he might be writing this in that they're all just, they all have power. They're all just different things and they yeah. all have power and they all have different powers and they all just do whatever 
they want. And maybe the um, gods are warring with each other just as much as we are. Exactly. Um, you know, honestly, a show that does it really well um, is Xena Warrior Princess slash Hercules, <laughs> the legendary adventures. <laughs> God. uh because they are lost them, folks it's over it was the first it was the first big tv multiverse by the way um <laughs> <laughs> but um the way they kind of do it in that show is you know you start out with like you know the greek gods and stuff like that and they switch to the roman gods and they kind of switch to some other things and um you know that's or you know like some shows do like monsters of the week Right. Oh yeah, Witcher is is kind. Witcher that. does that. You know, the X Files did that. Supernatural did it really did it really well. And it could be kind of those things. And in that, you know, like like a Supernatural, for example, is a, a show where you know it's a little more like angels and demons, and but they do deal with like monsters of the week and exploring, you know, stuff like that too. But uh, you know, like in that show, death is one of is is also is his own deal but he is also unfortunately bound to like the four horsemen because he is like one of the aspects of the four horsemen of the apocalypse and so like they kind of do that in like a fun way where death is this ultra powerful thing but he's like sort of reined in because he's like he got stuck as like one of uh, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse so like it could be like one of those things too where it's like some of these things are their own beings but they kind of fall into you know like some stories they do gods where it's like however many people believe in them is how much power they have i, love I feel that, like by the way. i love this this is such so cool when they do it that which george could be doing because george obviously Dude. loves sci-fi he is a fan of classic sci-fi you know side note not about a song of ice and fire at all but Malaz and another massive, epic, amazing yeah. fantasy series. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill has that kind of mechanic that like the more that people believe in something the stronger they are they ascend how about this there's actually times in that series where people don't want to be ascend and be a god but too many people start believing in them and then they become a god and they're like i didn't want this stop believing in me it's like that's a really interesting thing um, yeah, so I, I I love that idea and that being a part of a song of ice and fire. I'm all in on that. I love it. Yeah. And I think even in our own world, there's a lot of, you know, if you really begin to look at a lot of religions, there's a lot of similarities between them. Right. And a lot mm. oh, and yeah. it, in in theory, if there is God or gods, you know, plural, depending on whatever, um, a lot of them could be the same thing. And in theory, like you could be praying to one thing and you're actually praying to something else. It's just how you interpret it right yeah I and mean, why doesn't just, Zeus get any shine anymore I, I don't understand right, right. I mean Christian I mean just take the big three you know Christianity Islam and Judaism I mean man there's a lot of similarities between them right I mean yeah. <laughs> they're absolutely I mean they're they're very 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 similar just at face value before you even really dive into them yeah. I mean they're all in theory they all kind of pray to this you know to the same God I mean it's just they went different ways in in their the way they believe, you know. Yeah, and how that became doctrine, and and and, yeah. and there's different branches of those things, and exactly. And I think George knows that. I think that's exactly yeah. what George is playing with, and that's why I'm a big believer of that. That it's it's one God, 
and we just have different people interacting with it in their own ways right. and, cultures and like we you know, that and and one of our earlier ravens we discussed you know the idea of like do the drown when the drowned god brings somebody back is it just cpr or is it actually the drowned god bringing it back we don't know because they, they don't they, they don't they don't go into it enough right <laughs> like so so it could be in george's world it could be um so all right well hey here's another raven which actually kind of goes in a pretty similar things now we're going to talk about norse gods here so um they say, hello, good sirs. First off, I want to say that I absolutely love your guys' content. Ben the Knees, my go-to podcast while I'm working out or otherwise. So I was listening to one of your segments, and you guys were talking about Blood Raven and Varys. The topic of Brendan's cave being associated with death really stuck out to me. Now, I don't know if you guys have discussed Blood Raven's parallels to the god Odin, so I apologize beforehand if I'm just rehashing stuff you guys already talked about. Here are some of the parallels. Both Bloodraven and Odin are one-eyed. Odin is sometimes called the one who is many, which closely ties into Bloodraven's a thousand eyes and one, you know, with warging abilities. At Ragnarok, Odin will be slain by the wolf, uh, Fenir, which could be Bran. Both are closely associated with ravens. Odin had two named uh, Hugin and Munin, or thought and memory. In one legend, Odin was hanged from one of... Uh, yes, Oh God, how do you pronounce this? I always forget. Y Yggdrasils? Yggdrasil. Uh, there we go. I'm not as brushed up on my Norse mythology here. It's all good. I don't um, think anyone's going to blame you. It's Sorry right. Jimmy's, been, Jimmy's, Jimmy's been playing enough God of War, so he know, he's got the names fresh. Dragon Quest his... 11. <laughs> there we go. Uh, branches for nine days. Quite uh, reminiscent of Blood Raven's current situation. Lastly, Odin is often referred to as a god of death and or war. For example, he was hanged and presides over Valhalla. This quite likely ties into Bloodraven's cave being a hall of death with all the skulls that Bran sees there. I know I definitely got a little carried away, but I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts about this and look forward to more of your content. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate it. I, I definitely think that this is, you're onto something here. I think that the Odin uh, relation is definitely something that we should take note in. Uh, George, for sure, is pulling from uh, mythology and legendary characters, Beowulf, every and literally anything that you uh, can go anything. back. Yeah, he he's going to be pulling and kind of morphing it and turning it into his own things. Uh, both are closely associated with ravens. Odin had two named Hugin and Munin, or thought and memory. I really like that. Uh, I that distinction. I or uh, you know a correlation. I think that's probably maybe where the three eyed raven even possibly came from. Uh, so yeah, I think you're definitely onto something and I bet you, if we looked a little deeper, we could find other legendary characters all throughout, um, a song of ice and fire for sure. Yeah. I, I, I should study more Norse mythology. It's, it's always it, the dude. one that it's always the one that honestly seems like really cool. It seems, it seems cooler to me than the Greek gods. Cause I mean, you have Thor. I apologize to all of our Greek listeners. Um, well, yeah, they're like, oh, now, now we've just lost Greece. We've gained, we've gained, we, we were up points in, in Norway and down points in Greece. So and now look at us turn cloaking on all of our Greek fans. Here we, here we go. Well, the Thor movies are better than the Wonder Woman movies. So, you know, <gasps> like, you. <laughs> I mean, so, so there we go. All right, here we go. 
last one here for the day. So my lords, I hope all is well. Since you have called the banners asking for Ravens, I have a question to present to you. As it stands right now, the young wolf, Rob Stark, was the last person crowned king in the north. Who is the most likely candidate to be crowned as the next king in the north? And who do you think will finish the series as the ruler of the north? Rickon, John, Rob with Jane Westerling's child. Love that. Essentially, right? Love that. Sansa, Bran, or someone else. Rob and Jane's child could be interesting, but I do not know if it was ever confirmed in the book that Jane was pregnant. It's She's pregnant. In, they basically say she's not, but it's so obvious that she probably is. Guys, is she's pregnant. Kind of where it is. Keeping this raven short, I'm curious to hear about your thoughts. Your humble hedge knight, Sir Douglas of the Burning River. Yeah, Sir Douglas, great question. Uh, one of my favorite Ravens we've actually had because this is something that we haven't really talked about too much. And I, Matt, I'll, I'll be honest. I think the reason is that we both love the King in the North and the in the show. Like, mm. if you want to say oh, anything my, about the it's latest, it's my single seasons, favorite episode. It's my. It's they my got that right. The whole thing. They yeah. got that right. Um, whether unfortunately or not they happens. unfortunately they get rid of it in like the next episode, which is season seven, episode one, basically. But uh, it's yeah. my favorite moment and the whole thing. It's so good. Uh, it's an episode you can watch time and time again. Uh, so let's go over each candidate, if you're cool with that. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe we'll just say, is it likely or not likely that they could? And then maybe at the end, we can pick who we actually think is going to be it. Rickon Stark. I think that Rickon is, without a doubt, going to be one of the biggest differences from the show. I do not think he'll be just not zigzagging and plunged full of arrows. I think that he has a purpose. I think that George may have forgot him at some point, but I do think that he was put into the story for a reason, right? So I don't think Rickon dies off. I think that Rickon has a chance of being an important Stark. The problem is, is that he's so young. Like even right, right now, he's still so, so young. But if we're talking about King of the next King of the North, also implies that it's the next one by the end of the series that person could die you know we could get right. john and then he might die fighting the others and then we get another right. one so if we're going with the next king of the north i do not think it's likely it could be rickon but do i think it's likely rickon could be well, the i don't king know of the it north? could it it I, it could be rickon okay let's hear it i'm i'm well, down i mean for, I the want ne- to have for, the, for the for the next king of the north it it could be rickon because if rickon doesn't die Okay. Like he does, like he does in the show, and he comes back perhaps with an army of Skagosi, which are kind of wildlings, <laughs> not technically wildlings. You know, they're kind of like the Moon Mountains of the Moon Clan. They're cannibals, yeah, exactly. So he could bring and be bringing this army over. Bran is missing in action, so and Bran technically can't continue the line, so that you could even have them be like, "Well, we don't want somebody who's not able." to continue the line i mean we he might be able to we don't know but it seems like they kind of implied that a little bit maybe ish in the show i, I mean um, he could definitely use some help from our sponsor hymns i exactly yes he could yes he could <laughs> <I'm> sorry <laughs> no, you're fine <laughs> he could yeah he could um so i think i think rickon could be if john is like dead and still like a member of the night's watch or you know whatever it takes longer for that to happen um and then rob and jane westerling's child in theory could be at the end of the whole thing but certainly not next because first of all they have to actually have the baby and then i don't think they're gonna they could crown a baby because they they want to it must um bran i don't think will ever be king of the north but bran is likely to be king king yeah 
And then I guess technically we were kind of I'm kind of skipping here because we were going to we were going to go one by one. But yeah, way to break um, the order, Matt. God dang it. You're fired. Um, Gosh. So but I think I think Rickon could be the next one and perhaps the one at the end. So that I I do think there's a chance that Rickon could be the last man standing. And I know a lot of people are probably thinking, well, what about Sansa? Uh, Yeah, she's the. Yeah, Uh, uh, we can talk about it now. I think Sansa's going to sit. In the red i actually think she's gonna be queen so one person that's actually not on this list is the other stark because everyone just assumes she wants nothing to do with it is aria i have talked about this it's probably been a couple of years since i've talked about the idea of i've always thought it would be sort of fun if what ends up happening is that aria and sansa's ending like in the show flips hmm and like Arya has spent her entire time not wanting to be Sansa. Essentially, she doesn't want to do all of these things. But after everything she's done, she might be like, you know what? I'm ready to settle down. And Sansa might be the other way around, where she's like, I, I tried this life and it sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. not yeah. that she's gonna go off and become, you know, a faceless assassin or anything. But she may just be like, yeah, like I'm good. Yeah, I, I definitely could see George playing with that. Like, I never want to be a lady. I never want to be this. But like a queen in the north doesn't have to be a proper lady. Like right. a queen in the north can be something very, very different. Kind of like Nymeria actually coming over on the 10,000 ships and leading her people. Like you could say she was a ruler of some sort. Right. And and led right. people. So I I could see Arya possibly becoming a leader. I, I, I could I kind of like this a little bit. Um, I could actually see Arya getting with Gendry, but they are ruling Winterfell. Let's and Arya's in charge. <laughs> and they switch it up, and Edric Storm has Storm's End. Okay. Okay. You can go that route, yeah. Okay. I, I like that. And, and you are right. We definitely forget about Arya a lot when it comes to being a Stark. Right. Because some characters are going to have that. Some characters are going to have, like, a twist ending. Some characters yes. are going to yes. have... You're going to have just, circular arcs. You're going to have polar opposite arcs like those. All right. those not everyone's gonna not everyone's going to have like a great ending where Sansa becomes a, a queen and Arya becomes, you know, I'm, they might die, too. You know, that's the other thing, too, is that, you know, they might they might not make it. But yeah, I just feel like Sansa is being essentially trained in for the whole deal yeah, yeah. I th- but i i don't think it's queen of the north i think she's gonna sit in the red keep personally i i really do and i don't know how this all works out so don't ask me i don't know if she's gonna be with bran or something weird right. i hope not uh but i don't know i just don't see her going any other way but maybe maybe the north the place that she was running away from ends up being her home so the, the two most likely on this list let's be honest are john and sansa like those are the most likely for the next king for the yeah, next yeah. I think John and Rickon. You're on this Rickon thing. You, well, you, I think Rickon just because it's if John is still dead and resurrected, and say, let's say the Battle of the Bastard happens, and Stan and or not the Battle of Bastards, but let's say, let's say Stannis loses, and then Davos brings over this army from Skagos, and they run right through Winterfell, and then you're like, well, we need to put a Stark on board. Well, here's the one we got. Dang. Okay. Okay. I don't hate that. I, mean, I don't hate I mean, that. Shaggy, at all. Shaggy Dog might be able to take down the whole the whole thing. Let's go, Shaggy. <laughs> I mean, Raggy. <laughs> <laughs> we've lost it. Uh, we've lost we've the plot, lost, ladies lost and gentlemen. Uh, 
the the most interesting person on this list, without a doubt, is Robin Jane Westerly's child. I am a firm believer that she is pregnant with Rob's heir, uh, which, by the way, is awesome. I love this. It is so much better than the, I, in my opinion, a little bit over the top way they went about it in the show with the pregnant woman being stabbed and the stump. I mean, I know what that is crazy, but I think I like this a little better. And also, by the way, if that were to be part of this, I think that this shows one of the examples where the books are a little less nihilistic than the show was. I think the show took it to a whole nother level. And you that's know, a really you might good be right. example. Which yeah. is actually kind of crazy because we think about George and like he wrote the word Reading and all this stuff. He might actually not be as. I think he's still writing a heroic fantasy. It just has a whole lot of consequences on the way through. I think that yeah. this was always meant to be an epic fantasy story and it is going to have heroes. The heroes are just not the ones that maybe we want them like to be the heroes or also uh, the people you would expect to be the heroes. Like I'm a big fan of Samuel Tarley and Brianna of Tarth. Brianna of Tarth is a great right. example of being a hero that you should not have expected, at least when he wrote this in 1996. So uh, I, this is a very good example of where people get these two things conflated. And I hear a lot of people say like, Oh, I won't read the game of Thrones books. They're too dark. They are dark. But far more hope is in the text than it was in the show. And and actually, I'm sorry, I'm going on a rant, but no, you're I fine. think this is one of the reasons why the show failed in, in, in some ways, because it lacked that bit of hope towards the end. I'm not saying that every show has to have hope or anything, but I don't know, you dump on people for four to five seasons. You got to, you know, it's like, it's like pro wrestling. When you have the heel just beating up the baby face or the bad guy beating up the good guy. The good guy's comeuppance, he's got to give it back twice exactly. as hard, and it's got to be good. It's got to work. And they never got the babyface comeback. They never figured it out in the show. Right. George will. And I think Rob and Jane Wrestling's child being like the king of the north, maybe going towards the end, like someone's regent. Maybe Arya's the regent for Rob's kid. Like that would be kind of cool. Like wait until he comes of age. Any of these things. But I think Rob and Jane Wrestling's child is definitely true i think it's one of the coolest plot points going forward and it's another reason why we got to pay attention to feast for crows because we're going to be looking for that evidence when we get to it yeah yeah got fired up there matt i got absolutely, a little fired man, i was up. loving it i was loving it I'm, <laughs> i was I'm feeling my chest jimmy's jimmy's firing off a promo here let's you go know, just, let's, <laughs> let's go let's go oh all right well hey that is a bunch a big block of ravens and we love diving into your guys ravens because we love talking about anything and everything you guys are thinking about with when it comes to a song of ice and fire um so uh we recorded this as one big thing but it'll actually be one it'll actually be two possibly three episodes uh just depending on how it all goes when i'm editing it but as always we want to thank you for playing the game of thrones because in our next episode we'll be doing a night of a seven kingdoms iceberg part one can't wait for that. And if you like this podcast where we rant and rave about a song of ice and fire, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review or leave us a comment or send us a Raven as all the plenty ones, uh, all the ones we just read. Uh, yours could be next. And you can send that at btkcast at gmail.com or bend the knee podcast.com. We will see you next time. And remember that winter is coming.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.